Wow. Everybody, everybody stand with me, please. Oh, it's great to see everybody. God is good. And all the time. And Jesus is the real Lion King. He is the great I am. He is the Lion of Judah. Can we give it up for Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. So glad that you're here. Wherever you're at on campus, out in the amphitheater, the coffee shop, the lobby, the chapel, here in the main building, those watching online, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we are in a series all this month. We're looking at some of the summer movies that have come out. You know, we started off with Endgame and asked the question, what is the endgame of God and how our vision of the perfect world transforms the way we live in the present world? And then last week, we talked about how do you be an overcomer, to take on the mindset of an overcomer, the spirit of an overcomer, a runner who's an overcomer. And we all left here with a new pair of shoes. I got my Nikes on, amen. Ready to live a victorious life. And today, for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about the Lion King. Remember who you are. Father, thank you for this wonderful, wonderful group of folks who are here this weekend. Thank you for the cathedral family. Thank you for guests and friends that are here. Continue to meet us in this moment, on this journey. Change our lives in the best kind of way. And Jesus, we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. All God's people said, amen. amen. Can we give God praise one more time? Amen. Amen. Uh, before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, I know who I am. Go ahead and do that. I know who I am. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you. Simba, you are more 
than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. Remember who you are. What a great, great sermon. In fact, that is the sermon for the weekend. Remember who you are. I know who I am. Say that with me. I know who I am. I have to admit, I love the Lion King. I really do. When my kids were young, I took them to see the animated version. And then the live action one just came out. And I took my grandson to see that one. That's how you know you're getting older. You saw the original and you saw the remake. Not only that, but I saw the play. Three times I saw the Broadway play, The Lion King. When I saw it here in San Jose at the Performing Arts Center on our way out, we bumped into somebody from Cathedral, because Cathedral, we are everywhere. And they were kind enough to take me backstage and I saw those amazing costumes. Remember who you are. Now, if you're not familiar with the Lion King story, let me give you a short rundown. There is a lion cub by the name of Simba and Simba forgets who he is. He loses his sense of identity. And so he's not sure what to do. He wanders off to a far away land. And then, well, Simba in this identity crisis, in this far away land, the voice of the father reaches out to him. Are you glad today that even if you're in a far away land, the voice of the father still reaches out to you? Amen. That right there would be a pretty good sermon. But the voice of the Father reaches out to him. Remember who you are. And when he remembers who he is, then he knows what to do. And he goes back to Pride Mountain and becomes king. He fulfills his destiny. That's why your sense of identity may be the most important thing for you to protect. Because when you know who you are, then you know what to do with your life. But if I don't know who I am, whoa, now I saw this picture of a dog and he just seems confused. Up here he says woof, and then down here he says, I mean, a roar. And that's what happens if you don't know who you are, you don't know what to do. Protecting your identity is one of the most important things you will ever do. And that's why the enemy of your soul, the devil, will relentlessly attack your sense of identity. In fact, that's what he did with Jesus. Yeah. Let's give God praise for the truth that we're aware of today. You know, the, the devil, when he attacked Jesus, I mean... Look at this moment for Jesus. He had just been baptized. Imagine this, that you go into the water, you come out of the water, the heavens open up, and the voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son. 
in whom I am well pleased. Imagine how Jesus felt in that moment. And then he goes out into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And the first thing the devil does is attack his identity. If you are the son of God. I know what you heard at your baptism, but are you sure about that? You sure that's right? See, if the enemy can confuse you about your identity, if you don't know who you are, then you won't know what to do. And that's why God brought you here today to the Cathedral of Faith, to remind you, remember who you are, Cathedral. I know who I am. In fact, I know I've been hard on cats the last couple of weeks, but I found this one picture of a cat I wanted to show you. He's looking in the mirror, and it says, what matters most is how you see yourself. I know who I am. Can we give God praise, amen, for who we are in Jesus Christ? One of the best places to discover who you are and protect your identity is found in Romans chapter 8. And so for the next few moments, I'd like to dig in a little bit in the first part of Romans chapter 8 and look at three things. The first one has to do with this, that you are a part of the family circle. You are a part of the family circle when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. The Bible says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Can somebody say amen? Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba. Abba. Say that with me. Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, think about this. We are his heirs. We are his heirs, yeah. I mentioned I took my one grandson to see the Lion King. Well, I have another grandson. Here's a picture of me and my grandson, Chase. And little Chase, here's another picture of Chase and his brother, Eli. And then here's another picture of, of Chase right here. Do we have any grandparents in the house? Let me see your hands. Then you know how this is. I could do this all day. I got lots of pictures. <laughs> but, but what happens is when my daughter brings him over, and when she opens that door and he sees me, he comes running toward me and he jumps into my arms and he says, Papa, Papa, Papa. And that right there is the best moment of the day for me. Every time, best moment of the day. Papa, Papa, Papa. In fact, whenever he sees my picture, it could be on the dresser, it could be on the computer. When he comes to the cathedral campus and he sees my picture around the campus, Papa, Papa, Papa. And to think, never gets old for me, that the God that created the universe invites us into the kind of relationship with him. That when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are adopted into the family circle. And the nature of that connection is so affectionate, that God invites us, not as a grandfather, but as a father, God 
invites us to call him Papa. The word Abba that we just read before they were a Swedish rock band, Abba was an Aramaic word. And in that language, it meant Papa, the God of the universe. I can call him Papa? Are you kidding me? Something's got to be wrong with that. I mean, maybe God adopted me into the family circle, but am I really a full-fledged son or daughter of God? How do I know? Well, one way you know is look at the will. I saw this one t-shirt. It said, I am spending my kid's inheritance. (laughs) Do you want to know if you're a full-fledged son or daughter? Look at the will. And you'll find in the will of your heavenly father, your name is in that will. You have a full, equal share of the inheritance. All the family resources are yours. All the family rights are yours. All the family responsibilities are yours. All the family blessings are yours. In fact, my dad every weekend used to declare this. He said, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Remember who you are, cathedral. Amen. If we're children, then we're heirs. And the enemy is going to be relentless on you about this. He's going to say to you, you know what you've done. You know where you've been. The best thing you could ever hope for. Maybe you're connected to the family circle, but the best thing you could ever hope for is to live on the edge like a slave. Do you feel like that today? The enemy will tell you you'll be accepted as a slave. You'll be welcomed as a slave. You'll be blessed as a slave. And someone today, you're living right here in the lie of the enemy on the edge of this family circle, living like a slave, feeling fear in your heart. And God brought you here. You're not here by accident or chance. God brought you here today to remind you, remember who you are. Move from the edge of the family circle into the middle, the joy of being a son. You are not a slave. You are a son and daughter of the living God, a full-fledged son and daughter of the living God. confront the lie of the enemy with the truth. That's why at Cathedral of Faith, we like to say when they ask us, where do you live? What side of town? Is it the north side, south side, east side, or west side of town? Here at Cathedral of Faith, we say we live on the blessed side of town. Amen? Why? Because the Bible says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We are children and we are heirs. Can we give God praise for who we are in Jesus Christ? Amen. I know who I am. Say that with me. I know who I am. I'm part of the family circle, and that brings us to the next thing. 
that the family circle, it really is a circle of life, a circle of life. I love this verse, Romans 8, 2. It reads, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. Own that today. Set you free from the law of sin and of death. Set me free. Say that with me. Set me free. Own that today. That's for you. It really is. If skydiving is not your thing, you can go to an experience here in the Bay Area which gives you the feel of flying through the air. It's called iFly. And here's what you do. I did this several years ago. You go to this place and you put on this jumpsuit and a helmet. And then you sit outside of the chamber and you're waiting. You're waiting. You're waiting for your turn. And you can see me. There I am. 190 pounds of solid muscle sitting there on the bench. Everybody's got to have a dream. Amen. So there I am sitting on the bench waiting for my turn. And then you step into the chamber. And all of a sudden, they turn the wind on. And the wind lifts you up. It lifted my 190 pounds off the ground. I think they had to turn the wind up a little bit more. But it lifted me off the ground. And here you are, you know, flying at a whole new level. Now, here's the thing. Inside the chamber, the law of gravity was still at work. It was trying to keep me on the ground. But the power of the wind overcame the law of gravity. So I could fly at a whole new level. And the same thing is true when it comes to our spiritual life. See, the law of the sinful nature, there's a law at work in me and in you. Even after you come to Jesus, that law is still at work. It's called the law of the sinful nature. And it's trying to hold you down and live life right down here. But thanks be to God, there's another law at work in our lives the law of the spirit of life. And the wind of the spirit, it's interesting, in the first century, the word for spirit was the same word for wind. And when the wind of the spirit is at work in your life, it lifts you, it overcomes the law of the sinful nature and helps you to live life at a whole new level. Set me free. Set me free. Friend, willpower is not enough. It's good to have the want to. You need to have the want to. But willpower is never enough. In fact, the newest science is pointing that out. The newest science suggests that your willpower is a little bit like a muscle. And then when it becomes overused, it wears down and wears out. Uh, what one book called The Social Animal, the author says this. He says, the conscious forces of reason and will are simply not powerful enough to consistently subdue unconscious urges. Let me read that again. The conscious forces of reason and will are simply not powerful enough to consistently subdue unconscious urges. And that's why it's good to have willpower, but if you're looking 
for sustained, deep-level change in your life, it takes more than willpower. It takes wind power. It takes the power of the Spirit working with your will to enable you to live life at a whole new level. But when we learn to take our will and lean in to the wind, you know, even the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Romans, he talked about his own struggle this way. See if you can identify with this. He said, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody identify with that? The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest leaders in the world, says, you know, willpower is good, but it's not enough. But once you take your willpower and you start to lean in to the wind, and the wind of the Spirit enables you to overcome the pull of your sinful nature, friend, the wind of the Spirit will set you free. The wind of the Spirit can set you free from that addiction. The wind of the Spirit can set you free from that bad temper. The wind of the Spirit can set you free from that controlling lust. Whatever it is you're battling today, the wind of the Spirit can lift you up so you can live life at a whole new level. That is the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. The wind of the Spirit. Look at what Paul writes. What a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Can we give God praise one more time for who he is and what he does for us? Hallelujah. I know who I am. Say that with me. I know who I am. I'm part of the family circle. I'm not a slave. I'm a son. I'm, I'm wow, I've got the wind of the Spirit at work in my life to help me live at a whole new level, to set me free from the pull of that sinful nature. And then finally, the circle of life, it straightens out your thinking. It straightens out your thinking. Watch what Romans 8 verses 5 and 6 have to say. It says, people who live according to their sinful selves think only about what they want. But those who live following the Spirit are what? Thinking about what the Spirit wants them to do. If your what? Thinking is controlled by your sinful self, there is spiritual death. But if your what? Thinking is controlled by the Spirit, there is life and peace. The power of what you think. Amen. The power of what you think. I have a candy bar right here. And anybody like candy bars? You know, I, I've, I've heard there's two kinds of people. You know, those who, when it comes to chocolate, those who love chocolate and those who are liars. You know, we all, <laughs> all kind of like chocolate. So this is a Mars bar. Now, back in 1997, what happened was this. This candy bar saw this huge spike in their sales. Went way up. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. They hadn't changed their marketing plan. You know, there was no change to the candy bar itself. And they couldn't figure out why there's this huge rise in sales. And then they had an aha moment. And they realized that that was the year 
that the Pathfinder mission was launched by NASA. And guess where they were going? Mars. And the media had this on everywhere. And it got in our heads, and then it got on our waistlines. <laughs> it's the power of what you think. Another group did a study. They wanted to find out about the power of what you think. And so they set up at this supermarket, and one day they would play French music, and the next day they would play German music. They did this time and time again. And here's what they discovered. On the days they played French music, they sold more French wine. On the days they played German music, they sold more German wine. See, it got in their heads, and then it got in their basket. It's the power of what you think. In many ways, you are what you think. The Bible puts it this way. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And that's why this passage talks about thinking and your mindset and changing our mindset in the best kind of way so we begin to think like family members. In fact, one of the best ways to change your thinking and to fill your mind with thoughts that are life-giving thoughts and send your life in a good direction because my thinking affects my actions and my actions affect my feelings. One of the best ways you can do that is by internalizing and meditating on and memorizing the Word of God. Can we give God praise for His Word? Amen. His truth-giving, life-giving Word. Now, I know there's got to be someone, when I said memorize, you thought, oh, boy, here we go. Pastor Ken, my memory is just not, you know, uh, someone once said, everybody's got a photographic memory, but not everybody's got film, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, if memorizing just isn't your thing, that's okay. You can fill your mind with the Word of God, and I want to challenge you this week, internalize it. You know, you can, well, you can listen to it while you're doing your exercise. You can meditate on just a few verses during your quiet time. Go over them again and again. You can write them down on a post-it note and just remind yourself throughout the day. You know, with verses like this from Romans chapter 8. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen to that? I want you to have that one. Here's a good one. We read it a moment ago. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Here you go, Juan. I want you to have that one. And how about this? Well, the spirit you receive doesn't make you slaves. Otherwise, you would live in fear again. Instead, the Holy Spirit you received made you God's adopted child. I want you to have that one. We know who we are, amen? We know who we are because of the Word of God. Internalize the Word. N.T. Wright, he says this about what the gospel does to our minds. He says, what the gospel does is to administer a sharp jolt to kickstart the brain and the moral sensibility into working properly for the very first time.
our minds begin to work the way they were meant to work. See, I know who I am. I know who I am. You know, my wife, she likes that whole ancestry.com stuff. So she got me a kit and I, you know, did, you know, but sent it in. And here's what I found out about my family tree. We trace back the line and there's several nuts in my family tree. And that may explain me a bit. But every once in a while, you look into your family tree and you find something that just, whoa. There was a guy by the name of Marty. He grew up in Minnesota. And the only thing he knew about his early moments in life was that he was the product of a college fling. A guy and a girl got together for a one-nighter, and he was the result. And when he was born, she gave him up for adoption, and that's all he knew. But so he started digging, wanted to find out a little bit more about his biological history. He found his biological mom, and she told him that his genealogy traced back that he was a part of a royal family over in Africa. So he thought, maybe I should dig a little bit more. And so he kept digging, and he discovered not only was he a part of this family, but he was in line to become the next village chief. So he gets on a plane, and here he goes a few months before he knew nothing about his blood relatives. And now he lands to meet his family, and there's great celebration with uncles and with cousins, and he meets his biological dad for the very first time, and he finds out he really is part of a family, cathedral, remember who you are, that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that you look around you, you are a part of a royal family, the blood of Jesus is flowing through our veins, that Jesus is our elder brother and God is our heavenly father, and we are going to rule and reign with him forever and forever. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know who I am. Say that with me. I know who I am. In just a moment, Seti's going to come out and and share a, a great song. I want him to sing this truth over us today. Before he does, I'm going to invite a, a friend of mine. Adam, would you come on up? Uh, Adam Ibarra has had an impact in the Bay Area in lots of ways. He served as, as chaplain for the Raiders for over 10 years. Uh, he's a part of the Cathedral family. I've been a great friend for a long time. And um, he's he, t- head of Tenacious Ministries. They work with at-risk youth uh, here in San Jose. And he just made his first documentary called The Making of a Gangster, and it's winning all kinds of awards, getting ready to be distributed. And I've asked him to come and just share a little bit about the film. Would you give Adam a great big welcome? Good to see you, buddy. Love you. Now, Adam, uh, tell us about the movie. It's a documentary. What exactly is the movie about? In a nutshell, it's taking everything what you just spoke on. It's, it's knowing who you are. 
And, you know, looking at the demographics of the gangster, oftentimes people, when they look at them, they just see a thug or an animal. They don't even see a person. Mm. And I wanted to show audiences that that's not the first thing you need to look at. You need to see them as who they are, who God created them to be. And so, in essence, this is kind of the intent of the documentaries. I wanted people to see that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. Could someone say amen? Amen. Amen. That the image of God is still resident inside of them. And, and even with their confused identity. And so many experiences can lead to confusion. And, and I know there was one uh, young man you talked to just about his experience growing up. Can, can you share that with Absolutely. us? Absolutely. We had a chance to, to meet a, a gentleman who had come from a family. He has two brothers. So he has an older brother and a younger brother. And they just happen to have the same father. And he's obviously the middle. And, and so um, the, the father of the older and the younger would, would pick them up every other weekend to, you know, to, to go home. And, uh, and, you know, he had seen this all through his, you know, childhood. And finally at the age of nine, he finally got the, man, the confidence to ask their father if he can go. And uh, so he asked, and he says that he was saying in, you know, in the documentary, saying that it really took a whole lot from him to do that. And he finally says, hey, could I go? And the father looked at him, and he says, yeah, you can go, son. Mm. And he says it was the first time he ever felt like he had a father. And then so he says he got into the car, and he went to the house. And, and uh, as soon as he got there, he knew he had two dogs that he wanted to go out in the backyard and play. So he, he says he called him dad. He says, dad, could I go out to the uh, backyard and play with the dogs? And he goes, son, go ahead. And so he says as he was walking outside, the father's new wife grabbed him and says, listen, two things I want you to know. He is not your father, and you don't belong here in this home. Oh. And what, what, what happened, Pastor Ken? He says at that moment, he says something inside him. He felt this hatred that really became the essence of who he was. Ended up really becoming a hardcore gangster to the point where he ended up doing, he was doing life in Pelican Bay. And by a law, he was released. And so as I was interviewing him about this, as he processes, and tears just started flowing out. He says, I haven't cried in a long time. And I told him, hey, you matter. Mm. And you matter to God. Yeah. And come on, somebody. Mm. Know who you are. We want to pray with everyone as, as Seti gets ready to sing this song. Pastor Adam, come on out. And, and let's... Would you bow your heads with me? I, I don't know what has attacked your identity. You know, we can get in, uh, wow, something crushes our spirit when we're very young. We can't even figure out why do we have such a hard time believing that we really are loved, accepted, welcomed, and blessed. Today, God wants to, well, wants to reaffirm who you really are. Because when I know who I am, then I know what to do with my life. If I don't know who I am, I go off in all kinds of directions. 
trying to define myself. And whether it's as a gang member or working at the stock market, I'm trying to define myself in all these different kinds of ways instead of by the God who made me and loved me. And I'm going to ask Adam to pray that God would reaffirm our identity, that we are, we are sons and daughters, we're not slaves. And that God has set us free, that the power of the Spirit is at work in us to overcome the sinful nature. And that the mindset, the way that we think can change instead of having all of this negative self-talk that controls the way that we think that the Word of God is going to begin to shift that in our minds and our hearts. Pastor Adam, lead us in prayer. Dear Lord, no matter what we've been told, no matter what we've seen, in you we're forgiven and we're loved. Yes, Lord. We're a masterpiece. Yes, Lord. My God, there's purpose in our life. My God, because of you, you look at us and you, you, you hold us and you embrace us. Yes, Lord. With, with this message of love, with oh, this yes, message Jesus. of purpose, with this message of grace, with this message of mercy. Jesus, that, Lord, Jesus. no matter what our life was, but in you, we've, we find purpose, we find love, we find grace, we find mercy, my precious Lord. Yes, so I Lord. pray in the name of Jesus, no matter what has been said, no matter what has been told, Father, greater is he that is in us and he that is in the world. So today we declare and we let you know, God, we belong in you. In the precious name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Oh, let's give God praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Cedric, come on out. And as Pastor Cedric sings, uh, sings this song, let it, let it just set into your heart and confirm the truth of God's word today. I'm no longer a 
Everybody stand with me, please. I know who I am. Say it with me. I know who I am. Protect your identity this week. If you know who you are, you'll know what to do.